Welcome to the Soma Soulworks Podcast. We hope here to equip, empower, and inspire a global community of creatives through rich, Christ-focused conversation. Thanks for joining us today. All right, welcome back to the Soma Soulworks Podcast. Um, on our recent episode, you'll remember we were talking about a uh, blog post that we read by our friend Brock Henderson, and he had talked about uh, basically the mission field that he saw in video games as a thing. And at the time, we were like, "Hey, wouldn't it be great to actually talk to you know, like the guy?" So I have here on my on my uh, session today, we have Brock Henderson, who's out in the Midwest, uh, raising families, like dealing with the approaching fall season. And Brock, I really thank you for being on on the show with us. Thanks for having me, Chris. So we'll have down in the show notes basically a link to your blog post. But uh, but at the heart of it um, was this notion that of sort of, I don't want to say defending, but I don't know a better word, defending games as a mission field. Mm-hmm. And I was really interested in the way that you broke it out between sort of the different concentric circles of influence and everything else. Um, and I know that uh, on our Imladris Discord server, other people picked it up and they were intrigued by it. But I'm curious, what made you think about it in the first place? I kind of, I know you, you and I, I have talked, so I know this has been on your heart a long time. But tell us a story. Like, how did you get here, and why is this on your mind? Yeah, um, I've been a professional indie developer for the last 12 years, and um, as a Christian, I think about this stuff uh, a lot. You know, I think about trying the the practical intersection of game development and faith right and um there's not a whole bunch of people uh writing about it or thinking about it we have a pretty small group in the imladris group there's uh probably the most um traction right the same same hearts and minds um yeah yeah i started uh the faith forms blog um two years ago is just a place where I thought we could collect some of these ideas. And I hope some additional writers join me. Uh, Amy and Ryan Green have wrote a couple articles as well. And I hope we keep adding more and just has to be a collection point of these um, around this topic, right? Um, so the mission field of games uh, is something I find a lot of people, uh, a lot of believers uh, ma- making games um, kind of haven't necessarily thought about, right? And and this most recent CGDC, I uh, was speaking to some people about, about this. And I guess this is kind of when I first, just the idea of like the circles and everything was like fully formed. Um, it's probably been like percolating back there for a long time. Um, but this vision, this picture just kind of kind of came to me and I started articulating it then and uh, put it into a blog post after after the conference. So, so I'm, I'm curious, um, I, this is a leading question, of course, but when you wrote that blog post, talk to me about the distinction between the product of a game and I guess what we call the environment of gaming. Mm-hmm. What are the lines and where do you see the opportunity? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, from the Christian Game Developers Conference, most, I think most people that kind of come there see the evangelism that takes place in the product of the game. And that's kind of maybe where it starts and ends. Um, but because, you know, missions um, 
it's all about community and connection with people. I think that's just a small fraction of it, right? Like it can, the, what we make is, can be a, um, can be a influential, but the interactions day to day and um, those conversations and things uh, can often be, I think, overlooked. So, yeah, going back. So I've been with CGDC um, uh, 15 years, I guess, something like that. And I agree with you. It's interesting, the conversation that you can watch folks who kind of come along board, they're brand new. And very often the the basic thing is I need to make a game that's somehow has an altar call at the end and, and you know, sort of preaches the gospel, that kind of thing. And so they, like you said, they, they come in and that's their first often touch point is like, they're trying to weld these two worlds together. A, I love games. B, I love Jesus. How do I put them together? Well, it must be evangelism. Um, but then I think what you and I have seen over eh, a decade or so has been that the conversation has changed little by little. Like there's been a slow change to where, yes, that's, that's a thing, but more and more, it's like the idea that this is the environment that you're living in, that you're working in, that you're, that the, that the content of the game itself isn't enough. It's the content of your character. It's like, what are you as a person? How are you influencing your neighbor? Not through the game that you write, um, which could be an expression of that, but it's certainly not a necessary expression. And so I feel like I've seen that whole conversation shift slowly in that community. Mm-hmm. And if I'm honest, like Brock, you've been a big part of that. Like you've been a pretty vocal voice to that end and not just vocal, but articulate. And, and so, and so uh, f- uh, you're on the board of CGC and full disclosure, so am I. Um, and I think more and more seeing this question, like where, where do we intersect people who at the very first thing, they're like, I, I want to see these two things come together in my life. What do you think is sort of a next step for, for imagine a person shows up at that, at that scene in that mm-hmm. space, what would you tell them first? <laughs> Maybe the answer is read my blog. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think the, I think the heart of the problem maybe is just how our minds work and then also how we talk about these things, right? Like, so um, the world's complex. So our minds tend to put things in boxes and form constructs, right? And then and then once thing once an idea is in that construct, it's kind of hard to break it out or make yeah. connections outside of that. And I think that's uh, what I talked a little bit about uh, in the blog and the opening is like, for a lot of my life, I viewed missions or understood missions as this thing that um, a select few people might be called for or that it's a thing that happens, but it requires undivided attention, right? Missionaries, their main job is to evangelize. If you go on a missions trip for that block of time, you're pretty much focused solely on that. Um, so I think that tends to uh, put missions and and how we think of it kind of it kind of frames it, right? Um, but we but when we read in the Bible, right, like we're all supposed to be on mission um, and we're all supposed to be making disciples and um, sharing God's love with, with everyone we come in contact with. So it's kind of a, it's a mind shift, I guess, um, that needs like a paradigm change, I think. And, and I think, like I said, a lot of the way that we talked about it in the church, I think kind of leads to that because when we talk about, um, we use different language um, for, 
common folk, I should say, right? We talk about like giving your testimony or, or things like that, right? It's never necessarily the mission of uh, or the label of mission or missionary, um, at least in the churches that I grew up in. Right. So I think um, I think one thing is like just starting to talk about a different, starting to see, uh, introduce some of these concepts, right? Like it's it's all connected. We're all on mission. I think. Um, uh, Wendell Berry has this great quote about uh, about land and being sacred, and he says, "There's no unsacred land. There's only sacred land and desecrated land." And I think that saying, uh, I really resonate with that because I think everything that God has created is sacred, right? But we tend to put up, put in these dividing points: the sacred, sacred, and uh, secular, and so I think the, our framing is is wrong sometimes. Yeah, you. Uh, if I can kind of point you to to a recent story that I was actually really excited about, you were on someone else's podcast recently. So I'm thinking about Thomas, um, right. and I have no idea what's allowed to be said. So I'll let you read it. But I was fascinated in the the, the moment that presented itself to you and how that went. For like, could you tell that story? How did that go? Uh, sure. Yeah. Thomas Brush is a um, kind of a fam famous indie dev, um, has put out a couple uh, couple games and has a lot of traction on like YouTube and stuff. He uh, puts out tutorials and, and, and things. And uh, he put out kind of just a general call to on Twitter, um, I believe it was uh, just people. He started interviewing some indie developers. and. Um, put out kind of a call. And so I responded to that call and um, uh, th through the filtering process and stuff, he, he ended up choosing me to be on one of his podcasts. And we talked uh, primarily about faith the whole time and kind of the struggles that some of the, uh, that indie dev, the lifestyle of indie dev uh, that goes along with it. So. Yeah. So to kind of, kind of tell the story like one let's also make sure we draw people to that conversation because Brock what was fascinating is that you did just what you just described like you were on mission all the time and I think I think it's fair to say the conversation didn't have to go about faith it's just that you were prepared when it did and you were there in that opportunity and I don't maybe witnessing is the wrong word but something because I believe he's already a Christian or something like that so yeah so, so it wasn't that, but he needed, well, okay. I don't know if he needed, you gave him, you give him love, you gave him grace, you gave him exhortation and it went right there, man. It was like, it was so cool. Like my heart goes out when I saw it's like, oh my gosh, it's happening right now. Right. It was, it was like, you're watching something go so personal and so deep. And so you were, I, I'm thinking about like, here's, here's a person where evangelism is not on the table. Like that's not an option but it's a different kind of ministry, a different kind of the yeah. kingdom. So like, how would you describe that? And what, what did you, what did you come away with? Um, well, yeah. So, so Thomas is a believer and he's pretty, he puts that out there kind of forefront. Um, and I'm very thankful that we, he, at the beginning of the conversation, he said, let's just, uh, put it out there. Um, so maybe some ways I gave him permission, you know, I think, um, 
this is speculation. I think he uh, um, probably feels some pressure with his following and stuff to maybe to put out certain things. Um, so hopefully he, he got some permission um, that I could share my story and share my struggles and um, how faith has uh, helped me along uh, in my story. Um, but yeah, it was just, I mean, it was just a testimony, right? Like it was just, yeah. I, I, uh, I was completely open and honest about my struggles and uh, about almost ruining my marriage and things like that. And, and, and the success I was seeking and hoping for and, and wanting to be fulfilled from those things. And um, so, yeah, it's just a, it's just a testimony. So. Yeah. There's this thing where uh, I've been hearing some people talk about where one of the things that is missing in a lot of media and, and, and almost all media is that religious character. So that, let's take movies as an example, mm-hmm. that you, you have this notion of Christian movies in which case, um, so I don't know, let's talk about everything from God's not dead. I can only imagine passion of the Christ. So in this regard, there's a notion in which these portray at the very least Christian characters. It's generally targeting, a, targeting a Christian audience. They may or may not have broader appeal, but that's the basic idea, but it becomes where faith and religion and that kind of stuff is, is central to the storyline. But what's missing out, or, 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 let me also say, there are also places um, where there is some, uh, for lack of a better word, religious character or, or moment that is totally a caricature, right? And so we, we either make this person, this this like two-dimensional, it's a it's a priest who, you know, who abuses kids or something like this, right? So they turn it into this caricature. Mm-hmm. And what's missing is just this notion of where like, Actually, faith is a totally normal thing in everyday life in basically the whole world. And so whether they're Christians or Muslims or Hindus or everything else, the truth of the matter is like you go to any city, any country, any place on earth, and churches are just part of the normal fabric of everyday life. There's a there's a normative place that is almost entirely missing in media. So the reason I bring that up is I thought what was really cool at the Thomas Brush interview was how Yes, there like there was a faith component, but only because you didn't shy away from it. Like mm-hmm. the thing is, like you could have told the exact same stories. You could have told your story. He could have told his. You could have neglected to mention that faith was part of your story, and it would have sounded, in, to a large degree, the same. It's the same events, the same things. But for you, you were able to say, like, well, of course, this is normal. Right? You, and 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 in that regard, that I think gave him permission to say the same thing. So I'm going to link this to a thing. Um, mm-hmm. We have another friend um, who, interestingly enough, in, in his world, like he he can't sort of like come out in the sense like like if his if his colleagues knew he was a believer, it would it would be be damaging to his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've talked in it at some length on how there is a tendency for a lot of people to think about media um, as either a evangelistic, which we we've sort of discussed, um, but then there's another branch that wants to see it as what they would call prophetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know to what degree they mean that, but but this fellow's uh, uh, argument is like, no, 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 you're seeing this all wrong. In the same way that the fivefold framework, this you know, uh, of that that it applies to all of human activity, like this is everywhere. So is entertainment, and so like different people, different works, they can be any of those things. They can be teachers, they can be apostles, prophets, like you name it. It's all that stuff. It's all in play. And when I first heard him tell that. Um, to that thing, like this big light went on. It's like, why are we trying to categorize 
your game, my game? Why are we trying to categorize this? As if, no, this has got to be apostolic or it's got to be something like, I don't think it has to be at all. Um, so I love, I I'd, I'd love going back to your article, bringing it back to people like that in the end, all of our activity has to be about human beings and, uh, and both their, their health and, and, uh, what am I trying to get to? Just how they exist on this earth, in this world, in this moment, as well as their eternal state. Mm-hmm. Like it's the the common grace piece of the whole thing. That vision, I think, is really intriguing, and and I think needs to be more people need to hear it. Um, so we started talking about about your article here at, at Soma, and uh, and that's why we got to talk. There's another another podcast about it. it's like this notion of like how do how does the entertainment space intersect with the faith space and we came away with some notion like the same way you do with most anything um neither should be subject to the other in terms of like every game must be apostolic or evangelistic and neither should you know every church service be entertaining but somehow we coexist but it's interesting how few people are going down this road where do you see this conversation leading maybe i should let me phrase this differently where would you like this to lead, um, whether that's at CGDC or just in the, your community? Where would you want it to lead, say, in the next five, 10 years? Mm-hmm. Um, good question. I think one of the things I would like to see is that people being freer and much more, um, much more at ease or have peace about people being different and having different roles and not trying to fit people into specific uh, molds, I guess, or not having us, not being prescriptive about how we approach all this. Um, I think there's a lot of different paths uh, is what you alluded to. And I don't think there's quote unquote right ones. Um, I think we're made uniquely different and my story is not your story and our stories um might overlap but they're not going to be the same and my my thoughts and what i create are going to be different than what you create and think and as a as a younger person i would you know i was pretty quick to berate people if if they didn't line up with how i thought the world should be um but there's the more I, the more that God teaches me, and as I get older, the more beauty I see in the differences, and um, and that's where I think a lot of the the learning and the depth and uh, I guess the fuller picture of Christ comes out to me is in all those differences, right? And yeah, so I think that would be the main the main thing I would hope for. And do you see that that, do you feel like given CGDC as an entry point? And by the way, let me, for anyone who doesn't know, CGDC is the Christian Game Developers Conference. I want to say it was founded in 2004, 2003, something like that, um, by Tim Emmerich here in Oregon. And, uh, and it's it's been an ongoing annual conference ever since then, uh, minus a couple of years because of the Rona. Um, to my knowledge, it's the only group like it. It's certainly the, the biggest I've ever run into. Um, and we wind up with a really 
like an annual conference. This year it was down at Azusa Pacific um, back in uh, July. And I don't know, drew a hundred-ish people. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I, th I think I think at the, probably the biggest is probably somewhere around 200 people. So it's never been a big group, but it's more than a, you know, a dozen people in a basement too. Um, and I would say over the years, I have found it to be really uniquely positioned. And, and the online community is very active. So uh, if you want to check it out, cgdc.org. Um, but I'm fascinated at the way that that has become an entry point for so many people to explore this as a thought. Okay, all that, I'm going to also bump to a different thought here, is because of CGDC, this is where, Brock, I believe you and I met 2005, 6-ish, yep. right? Um, and because we were both trying to make mobile games. We were both learning like a pretty brand new space. I think you were at Paper Tower back then. Um, and uh, and it feels like the first game I remember that you had built was throwing knives at a clown on a wheel. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know how we ran into each other, but kind of we, we felt like we had this common cause, this common interest. And then we found that we had faith in common. Um, and so to my knowledge, that makes you also like, you're one of the, like, the legit vets in the whole Christians making games professionally full time. You're like one of the few people who's, you know, what, 15, 20 years at this thing. Like, you're a Gandalf, man. <laughs> so, uh, good. You look like you're about to say something. Uh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, I've, I've been blessed. Uh, very fortunate to be able to, to do it this long. So. so, with that in mind, as a Gandalf, you've got... You've got an opportunity to say, like, what would you tell someone brand new? In uh, part of this, like, like, what have I learned? What would I wish I'd do different? What would you do? You know, I, I mean, I think the, the biggest things looking back on the career is just how I handled, how I handled, like, the stress of it. Um, I didn't always handle that well. And as I see people, like, in, in my community, um, like, in the Pixel Pug community and stuff on our server, there's a bunch of us that are still trying to just like have a go at it with uh, making games, bringing in enough money, having a young family. And that's really hard. And I don't know if I have a lot of answers for them. Um, most of the time it's, it's, it's uh, we spend time praying together, right? Like I know, I know those pains. Um, and just trying to encourage them in that, right? Like it's, I don't think, I think it kind of puts in perspective that the game is not like the, the only thing or maybe even not not the most important thing uh, that there's, your life is touching a bunch of other lives. And regardless if the game does well or poorly or it's remembered or not, like those interactions you have along the way are leaving marks on people both positive and negative right and um being aware of that is is like the the most the biggest thing for me um because i've done damage uh along the way to my marriage sometimes to my kids and it's in game development is is very time consuming it's labor intensive it's uh there's a lot of stresses with with money and timings and all all kinds of different things it's it's amazing that games ever get built right like they it's, it's, it's a miracle it's a little mini miracle in themselves um 
So yeah, I think it's back to what we were talking about before. It's the, it's the personal aspect that the person, the people around you are more important than the products we put out at the end of the day. Right on. I'm, I'm glad and that's probably a good place to start tying this off because it is, I think, typical people going back to how people first approach CGDC and that broader community of people is they often have some version of God told me to make this game. Mm -hmm. And so they, they feel this sense of mission, this sense of deep, profound calling. And I'm not saying they're wrong, but it can be something that becomes uh, dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, and it's been, and it's, it's hard to talk to people. Let me, let me take it out of a different framework is uh, some guys uh, at, at Azusa Pacific, they were, part of their program was they would give it their game pitch to a bunch of people who are apparently professionals um, to say like, this is what we want to build in our semester year. And like to a person, every single one of them, the, the feedback from the professionals was you need to cut your scope by 80%. Like you're way, way, way too big. You're, you cannot do this in the time that you think like basically you've totally underestimated what this would require. Um, and so I get it. Like we all have big ideas. Like we all want to make the next, maybe pick your game, right? The Red Dead Redemption or whatever it is. We all want to make some months, some monster experience. Like I get that. But then you add on this other layer of calling and mission and Jesus is involved and we can fall into so many weird places. Um, like there, there's the, there's the warfare line, like, well, the devil doesn't want me to make this game. And that's why it's so hard. It's like, well, maybe on the other hand, maybe it's because you're like one person trying to make what, you know, what usually takes 200 people three years. So like, it's, it's a thought. Um, so maybe it's warfare, but, but probably just not. <laughs> um, and then there is the, uh, there's another thing where I would love where more people basically put their own idea aside for a minute to help someone else. Like that feels like a good, good. But then when you're like, but this is my calling, I have to do this thing or Jesus will be upset. Um, that puts a lot of pressure on people. And so they wind up sort of accidentally isolated. So I think it's a, it like walking this road with honesty and integrity is, is the thing where it's not about the product. Just to summarize this idea, like the product is not the thing. It's your heart. It's the heart surrounding you. I love that. And I, I hope that more people hear that. We don't have to stop now, but I also don't want to put you on the spot. We're about 25 minutes. Is there anything in particular you'd like to share or something that uh, that maybe goes back to your blog post or anything you'd want the Soma community to know? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I have time, so let's keep going. Um, I guess one thing from the, from the blog post, and it's in there, but like, I didn't realize or start necessarily thinking this way or felt like I had permission or, or something like that until I was, I think in my early thirties when I went on that, uh, game church missions trip. Right. Um, hmm. that's when I realized like, oh, I'm uniquely qualified to speak to these people. Right. Like I'm, I think this is a missions field, right? Like gamers yeah, yeah. And, and, and game developers, like, yeah, this is totally a missions field. So I don't, I totally understand that people don't don't think about this, I guess. Yeah, so if you're listening to this, if you're a game developer, if you're a Christian, like you're uniquely prepared um, and God has put you in a place where he probably wants to use you. Um, so 
I guess, start thinking about and start raising your hand, right? Be, be, keep your eyes open to possibilities and opportunities. Right on. All right. Well, Brock, I really want to thank you for your time. And uh, I, I'm sure that we'd like that chance uh, to have you on the show again sometime in the future. So uh, I'll cut this one off at this point. Okay. Say thank you, and uh, for everyone, make sure you check out the links down here. We've got uh, we've got kind of shameless plug for what Brock's doing. We'll link to that Thomas Brush interview, and uh, and obviously to the blog post in particular. So with that, um, I hope you enjoyed this, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's conversation. You can find us online at somasoulworks.org and continue these conversations with our small group curriculum. We hope to see you next time and have a great day.